90.7 KPFK, Los Angeles. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. With over 700 military veteran journalists worldwide, it's your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing. Stories from the front. Carrie Harrison with you with your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing, an update on national defense news and stories affecting service members and veterans. The Army is mourning the loss of an officer who died during an exercise in Thailand. Foul play is not suspected. The 17th Field Artillery Brigade is in Thailand for the annual Cobra Gold military exercise. Americans there are working with troops from around 29 other countries, but tragedy struck in a city in central Thailand. Authorities say U.S. soldiers found Major Andrew Cotter dead in a bathroom. Cotter was an operations officer or planner for the brigade. Cause of death is currently unknown, though foul play is not suspected. A local police officer speculated that Cotter may have suffered a medical episode. Local medical officials and the Army are coordinating to conduct an autopsy and bring Major Cotter home, the Associated Press reported. The U.S. Embassy will coordinate as needed to bring him home. In some stranger news out of Louisiana, a fisherman using a magnet had an interesting catch earlier this month. Turns out there's a new trend in fishing, if you can call it that. So-called magnet fishing is all the rage on video sites like TikTok and YouTube right now with Bryce of the Outdoors Weekly YouTube channel, one of the most popular creators. The fishermen lower a high-powered magnet into streams, rivers, and other bodies of water in hopes of interesting or valuable finds. In a video uploaded February 11th, Bryce reeled in a surprising species of fish. He snagged a rocket designed to fire from the end of a rifle, the M31 heat rifle grenade. The rocket was pulled from a stream in Louisiana near the Fort Polk military base. The discovery required Army Explosive Ordnance Disposal teams from the base to come out and examine the rocket. They said it was not a risk. This isn't Bryce's first time handling explosives either. Last year, he recorded himself reeling in 86 similar rockets from a waterway near Fort Stewart in South Georgia. But in that case, he and his friends received tickets and fines. And after news coverage, public outcry, and millions of views online, the charges and fines were dismissed by a local judge. So why does he do this? Well, Bryce supports the hashtag Clean Stream movement, which aims to get metal out of America's water. Activists within the movement have removed more than 35,000 pieces of metal since it began. Concerning news out of North Dakota recently, where six Air Force officials were fired after failing a nuclear weapons safety inspection. For more, here's Karan Lenoir. Thank you, Carrie. From Charlottesville, Virginia, this is Karan Lenoir reporting for Rethinking Heroes and Military Veterans in Journalism. Aside from Alaska bases, Minot Air Force Base in North Dakota is perhaps the most isolated, hostile environment for U.S. troops outside of deployments. The bitterly cold expanse in the state's west is also home to nuclear-tipped intercontinental ballistic missiles and bomber jets capable of carrying nuclear-armed bombs and cruise missiles. It's the backbone of U.S. nuclear deterrence. And six officials there were just fired for failing a fundamental part of that mission, inspections, ensuring the equipment and handling of nuclear weapons are safe. The fired airmen were all assigned to the 5th Mission Support Group. Two were mentioned by name, 
Group Commander Colonel Gregory Mayer, and Logistics Squadron Commander Major Jonathan Welch. The firings were announced Monday with a mysteriously vague statement, and it raised more questions than it answered. The Associated Press revealed the reason why on Wednesday failed safety inspections. While the incidents that led to the firings reportedly did not include an actual nuclear weapon, the unit's equipment and vehicles were not in compliance with safety rules. The move is part of a broader Air Force crackdown on discipline in its nuclear units, which sometimes suffer from low morale. That's because of the isolated locations where the nuclear weapons are kept. They have to be in safe locations that are difficult to attack, but such places are also difficult to live in. For Rethinking Heroes and Military Veterans in Journalism, this is Karan Lenoir. And special thanks to the Military Times, Davis Winky, and Military Veterans in Journalism for assembling this flash briefing. From Los Angeles and beyond, I'm Carrie Harrison with Rethinking Heroes. Coming up, a bipartisan push to get cannabis pain relief for all vets. We're going to be talking to California Congressman Representative Lou Correa. Plus, attorney Dr. Francis Boyle, who wrote the congressional legislation to end gain-of-function research, in other words, weaponizing and supercharging viruses, is going to give evidence that the coronavirus is, in fact, a biological weapons, as says the Wall Street Journal. And a Florida organization finds a way to successfully tackle veteran homelessness problems all across America's third largest state. Finally, we'll take a look at the coming war with China. Why are they reacting the way they are? Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military. I've spent a decade taking a bite out of conspiracy theories, unraveling urban legends, and grappling with worldwide top secret issues. I've even racked up some of their awards. Wow, I mean, first of all, what a question. Journalism is about telling the truth, all while ferreting out the bottom line. I'm a Harrison Hellraiser. Uh-oh, with me, Carrie Harrison, as your guide. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military, with Carrie Harrison. Carrie Harrison with you, and this is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Did you know there's legislation to find alternatives for dangerous opioids harming our veteran communities? Well, now California Congressman Lou Correa and former three-star general, Michigan Congressman Jack Bergman, who heads Veterans Affairs, introduced bipartisan legislation that pushes the VA to conduct research on the health effects of medical cannabis for veterans experiencing chronic pain and symptoms of PTSD. Numerous veteran service organizations have applauded this bipartisan effort to explore the health effects of medical cannabis for our veterans. So with me right now is California Congressman Lou Correa of Orange County, and I want to welcome you, Congressman Correa, to Rethinking Heroes. Thank you, Kerry, and please call me Lou. Congressman Lou Correa, Orange County, California. It's good to be with you today. Well, it's good to be with you, particularly not that, I mean, I mean, I love having Congress people on. That's just good, clean. That's lunchtime. But you're doing something that is really out of the box. You're standing up to help veterans and ve- veterans, veterans. I've heard that word in so many years. It's a big deal now, isn't it? Well, I got to tell you, and that's the been the acid test. I've been working on veterans issues for probably 20 years when I was in California State Assembly, the lower house in this California State Senate, 
I chaired the Veterans Affairs Committee. And so, you know, many times we, we, we as legislators think we know what's going on. What I did when I started chairing the Veterans Affairs Committee is I went out and had meetings with veterans. What are you thinking? And I noticed a pattern after a while, which is after I'd have a meeting, a town hall with veterans, a few of them would start coming up to me sheepishly after the meetings would say, we want to talk about marijuana. We want to talk about cannabis. And, and you know, it first, it caught me off guard completely. Yeah, okay, let's talk about marijuana. And a few of them would say to me, we prefer cannabis. We prefer marijuana to those pills that give me the VA. We want cannabis. We want to make sure that we're talking PTSD, my stress, it's marijuana, not those pills that the doctor gives me that I don't like. And that's kind of got me on my quest to look at cannabis as a medicine for veterans. Which it's also a medicine for Mildred and Timmy. And one of the smart things that you're doing, uh, Representative Lou Correa, is you're remembering that remainder military technology, whether it is actually allowing veterans to have the same thing, also helps the rest of us once it becomes normalized. And what's good and that's, for one is and, good for many. And that's where the story picks up pace because then I started working on a piece of legislation in California to talk about regulating cannabis. We got support from public safety officers. It, people started coming together. So I'm in my office one day writing this bill, thinking about this bill. And I get a phone call from a Republican doctor outside of my area. You want to talk to me about cannabis? So I figured, okay, he's out of my area, but he has a message for me. He's probably going to be mad at me for what I'm doing. I'll take the call. Out a phone call. And he says to me, Louis says, I've got a daughter. Okay. He says, I've got a daughter. Epileptic seizures. Very cannabis and its properties are the only thing that I have found that helps my daughter. He said, I have one ask. You as a lawmaker in California, he said, I have one ask. And that's you properly label cannabis. When it comes to the market, make sure it's properly labeled in terms of the potency, what it has in it, because he said, I want my daughter to be taking the medicine that I think I'm prescribing my daughter. And so when you talk about cannabis, not only for veterans, absolutely, it's for all of us. We talk about homeless, homeless veterans. Well, let's talk about the homeless population period. Drug abuse, alcoholism, bottom line, mental health challenges. You go out there and you talk to some of these Homeless individuals, brilliant people, just talented people, something went wrong in their life. And we're talking about how to bring them therapy, how to get them back on their feet. And cannabis is something that's working. And in my opinion, the bottom line is we have to do more research. We've got to do more research into how cannabis helps our veterans and how cannabis doesn't help our veterans and how cannabis helps the general population. And that's where we begin this discussion because right now what I'm trying to do with, with Congressman Jack Bergman, the highest ranking military officer to ever serve in Congress, Republican side, myself, are leading a bill in Congress to ask the VA one simple to do. Veterans Administration, 
We want you to do research. We want to do clinical trials to see what cannabis is good for and what it's not good for. As I said earlier, 15 years ago, when I started having these town halls with veterans, they were telling me, we want cannabis. This is what's good for us. Now what I want to do is back it up with science. I'm not going to take cannabis away from our veterans, but what I want is to find out what it's good for, what it's not good for, and under what doses, what is it good for or not. Based on research is what we're doing. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Carrie Harrison with you, and we're talking to California Congressman Lou Correa, who sponsored a bipartisan bill called the VA Medicinal Cannabis Research Act, which authorizes the VA to implement a comprehensive research plan, including a series of clinical trials that assess the effectiveness of medicinal cannabis for the treatment of chronic pain and or PTSD. It also expands cannabis research into other factors related to veterans' health, such as improvements to mood and or social functioning, the impacts on substance use and abuse, and changes to overall quality of life. The facts. The American Legion did a poll. Like 80% of their members said, we want to do research into cannabis. Translation, probably 80% of the members have been around cannabis. That's all I'm going to say. And so when we have this high interest in cannabis by veterans, not by Lou, but by veterans, who am I to say, no, I know better? Hell no. Veterans, if you think about PTSD, veterans, soldiers, wars, we ask our veterans who are volunteers to go off and fight these battles, foreign lands for freedom. They see things probably no human being should see. Their colleagues bloodied, killed, maimed. Then we ask them to come back to society and fit in. Forget about what happened. You're back to normal. It doesn't work that way. And if you as a veteran are, you know, as it is, veterans are very shy. They don't want to talk about their battle experience. But if a veteran comes to me and says, this is what I need, to get back on my feet, who am I to say no? The only question for me as a policymaker to the VA is, how do we administer cannabis to veterans? And that's going to take research. That's what we're trying to do. Nothing sinister, nothing, you know, under cover of darkness. We just want facts. Happily, you're uh, in a uh, happy audience here. One. Uh, we have a, we're really the only voice for veterans out there right now on both AM and FM stations, commercial, non-commercial, public, the whole soup, cat and pizzas, Facebook, Twitter. You can follow us everywhere at Rethinking Heroes. And you can see video of Representative Lou Correa right now as we're con having this conversation and talking about the reality of it. And we often forget that you are a congressman for all of the live humans not just Timmy and Freddie, who might have voted for you and all the other millions who might have voted for you, but even for those who did not vote for you. So your that's interest correct. is all of us. And I think that's a great reminder as we remember who does what, for whom, and why. And so you really are looking to upgrade life for everybody, not only veterans, but those of us who know veterans, who are married to them, who love them, who are related to them. Like, the benefit is huge. 
And not only for veterans, as you said, especially for veterans front and center, but all of us in society, because if you look at uh, drug addiction, it's continuing to go sky high. Uh, opioids, uh, fentanyl. When I was growing up, it was heroin. That's what you saw people dying of, heroin overdoses when I was in elementary school. We moved on to cocaine. We moved to something else, to crack, to other things. And, and COVID-19 really exacerbated the issue of mental health in our society. Uh, and, and now here we are coming out of COVID, a lot of mental health issues. So in my opinion, as a policymaker, I do not want to leave any tool unused when it comes to addressing mental health for our veterans, as well as for society. Let's deal with the facts, okay? If cannabis is good for veterans and other members of our society to address mental health and other issues, let's make sure we take full advantage of those tools. Final final question and comment here. Uh, you mentioned also Congressman Jack Bergman, uh, who is the highest decorated military guy in Congress. Uh, he's on board with this too. So this isn't some, like you said, secret cabal, you know, to help. No, 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 no. These are real grown-ups with chops. General Bergman, three-star general, highest ranking officer to serve in Congress, is my co-author. That's in the congressional side. Now, remember, this has been six, seven years of work in Congress that I've been working on it. Now, on the Senate side, we have the chair of the Veterans Affairs Committee. On the Senate side, which is Senator Tester and Senator Sullivan, both Democrats and Republicans working on the same piece of legislation. So we've got essentially mirror legislation moving in Congress and in the Senate. And I think we have a pretty good shot of bringing this finally after six, seven years of work finally bringing it to the to the president's desk for signature. And this is good for veterans. Do you feel, final question, do you feel that the president would sign off on this? The current president, that is? God, I certainly hope so, because again, this is, this bill is simply about research. This is about finding facts. And, and I'm hoping that the, the president sees this for what it is. It's not a secret plot. It's merely a response to a question veterans have been asking me for years, which is, when am I going to get medical cannabis to treat my invisible wounds that are brought back from the battlefield? Thank you so much. And thank you for doing this from California. Why do I say from California? When something happens in California, it ends up happening sooner or later everywhere else. So you're, you know. Your paintbrush has a big, broad stroke, my friend. And on behalf of everybody who breathes and lives and wants to have a better life, thank you for sticking your neck out because this really does matter to so many. I really appreciate it personally, and I know everyone listening does too. Thank you, and Carrie, our veterans deserve our best efforts. Thank you very much, and God bless. Thank you, my friend. Congressman Lou Correa is a longtime Orange County resident with deep local roots. To this day, he lives only three miles from his childhood neighborhood in Anaheim. He's the son of working-class parents whose hard work gave him a chance at success, and he has spent his career fighting to protect the American dream. Who doesn't love that? Congressman Correa is committed to working across party lines, 
by investing in education and healthcare and our fading infrastructure, and has introduced legislation to protect the legal rights of immigrants, care for veterans, and fight against the wasteful spending of taxpayer money. Well, Gary Harrison with you, and this is Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison, Life After the Military, RethinkingHeroes.com. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. You're in charge with the Tax Admiral. Call me now for your free emergency consultation. Call 877-252-5765. That's 877-252-5765. Hey travelers, everybody wants cheap airfares, but where can you find them? You call SmartFares. Our prices are direct from the airlines and they're so low they're not published anywhere. SmartFares specializes in cheap flights, discount hotel rooms, cheap car rentals, and great package deals anywhere around the world. Wherever you want to go, SmartFares can help you get there cheaply and with the best price guarantee. If you want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call us right now. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these low rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the lowest rates available. So don't wait. Call SmartFares right now for the best price guaranteed. Save up to 50% off business and first class. We've got great last-minute travel deals too. Call 855-895-2834. That's 855-895-2834. 855-895-2834. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military with Carrie Harrison. And it is 24 minutes past the hour. Carrie Harrison with you, your new best friend. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Well, this is from the Wall Street Journal. The U.S. Energy Department has concluded that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a laboratory leak, according to a classified intelligence report recently provided to the White House and key members of Congress. With us, we have attorney Dr. Francis Boyle, who wrote the congressional legislation to end gain-of-function research, in other words, weaponizing and supercharging viruses. He's the author of the 1989 Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act, and sounded the alarm several years ago, repeatedly, concluding that COVID was fully funded as a bioweapon, likely escaped from the Wuhan China lab. All this comes on the tail of new WHO, World Health Organization, treaties and amendments, suggesting that the World Health Organization would be looking to override U.S. law in cases like the pandemic. I want to welcome you, Dr. Francis Boyle, to Rethinking Heroes. Well, Kerry, thank you very much for having me on and my best to your uh, viewing audience. And I did want to clarify that my Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989 was passed unanimously by both houses of the United States Congress, signed into law by President George Bush Sr. 
and with the approval of the United States Department of Justice. Let's jump on that for just a quick understanding of what that actually is. We've got people listening as a podcast that might be 23 years old, and they maybe haven't heard of this, or maybe they don't really understand what it is. This was a big deal, a history-changing moment that you put forth. Well, Kerry, it was... uh inspired by the fact that the Reagan administration and its neoconservatives operatives decided to get into the abuse of DNA genetic engineering for the purpose of research, development, testing, stockpiling, and someday using biological warfare weapons. So I wanted to stop that with my uh, legislation that provided for life imprisonment for anyone who who got involved in it. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what the Wall Street Journal is saying. This is now on National Network News. It's on USA Today. It's on Cheddar and Yahoo. It's ubiquitous. This idea that what you were saying a couple of years ago is, in fact, uh, looks like it is, it is the case, that the Chinese Wuhan BSL-4 lab or biosafety level 4, which is where you wear basically a NASA suit to go into these places, uh, very dangerous, is China's Fort Detrick. We have the real Fort Detrick here. What is Fort Detrick? Uh, Fort Detrick is uh, the center for the uh, offensive U.S. biological warfare weapons uh, program in violation of my act. They research, develop, test every type of hideous Nazi biological warfare uh, weapon that humankind can uh, possibly imagine. And in addition, uh, Fort Detrick has leaked just like the Wuhan BSL-4 has leaked. I should also point out, uh, Kerry, that uh, uh, in addition to the Department of Energy now, the uh, head of the uh, uh, director of the FBI, uh, Ray, has publicly come out and agreed that uh, this uh, uh, COVID-19 leaked out of the Wuhan BSL-4 And according to Ray, the FBI knew about it for quite some time. Uh, What can I say? Thank you so much. Uh, We're talking right now to attorney Dr. Francis Boyle, who's also professor at the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, professor of international law. He's the guy who wrote the congressional legislation to end gain-of-function research, among many other things, as you heard, unanimously ratified by Congress so that the United States would not be producing and distributing bioweapons. Turns out that uh, COVID looks like it is a bioweapon. And gain-of-function research, this is something that has happened, we think, now here on U.S. soil. Take COVID that was funded, I guess, by Fauci originally, going back into the the teens of the 20s. Uh, Can you give us a little background on that? Uh, Yes. Uh, uh, Fauci was uh, appointed by Reagan administration, along with the other uh, neocons, to run this uh, entire program out of the National Institute for uh, Allergies and Infectious Diseases, which is part of the uh, National Institutes of Health. So about 95% of it, that was even according to the New York Times, has been done by uh, Fauci. And uh, if you are interested, you could read Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s book, uh, The Real Anthony Fauci. The whole case is set out 
against him there. But as for uh, COVID-19, it was uh, co-developed by the Wuhan BSL-4 and the University of North Carolina BSL-3. It was all funded by Fauci and NIAID. It was funded by the uh, National Institutes of Health with Francis Collins. Uh, Our own Fort Detrick uh, was involved there. The FDA uh, was involved. By the way, the FDA, who helped develop COVID-19, these are the same people who are now uh, approving these uh, existentially dangerous uh, vaccines that have been enforced upon the American people with these uh, mandates by the uh, Biden administration. There is an interesting overlap that goes back to Gulf War syndrome, something that uh, we've all known about for decades now, and people are still suffering from it. Uh, Many of our veterans were forced to take this, that, the other, whether it was injectable or they were sprayed with different chemicals. And a lot of this uh, happens to the civilian population as well, such as, as Dr. Francis Boyle is pointing out right now, uh, we're about to learn about the mRNA vaccines, these vaccines that are these new miracle vaccines that we're all, many of us are being compelled to use. Uh, They turn out to be a Pentagon project through DARPA. Is that correct? That's exactly correct. And here, let let me back up, though, on the goal for uh, sickness. Uh, I was involved in that right from the very get-go. In uh, February of 1991, I came to the defense of Captain Dr. Yolanda Hewitt Vaughn, who was court-martialed in part for desertion for refusing to give experimental medical vaccines for the biological warfare agents uh, anthrax and botulin in violation of the Nuremberg Code on medical experimentation. And I participated in all phases of uh, her defense Uh, Despite our best efforts, after a uh, kangaroo court proceeding, she got uh, 33 months in uh, Leavenworth, and uh, I got her out after uh, eight months. Uh, To make a long story short, uh, Carrie, uh, of the 500,000 U.S. troops uh, inoculated with these, I call them Frankenshots, 11,000 were killed and 100,000 were disabled. That's 20%. And those figures are lowball because the Pentagon still lies uh, about this because they knew they inflicted a Nuremberg crime on our own troops. And those were healthy young men and women in our U.S. Armed Forces at the time. I'm still hearing from Gulf War veterans today about how, how to get proper treatment because the uh, Veterans Administration had, and the doctors there have been uh, ordered to lie to them and say it's all it's all in your head or something like that. In any event, uh, those figures for the Gulf War uh, sickness are a floor and not a ceiling for this new round of mRNA uh, uh, frankenshots, which are far more dangerous uh, than what produced the uh, Gulf War sickness. Uh, all the uh, data are are now indicating that coming in from the VERS uh, report here in the United States and also the uh, 
European health agency. We are facing a, a human rights catastrophe that is going to be far worse than the Gulf War sickness that was uh, inflicted on our, our veterans. Yes. Thank you. Dr. Francis Boyle, I would like to reinvite you because regrettably we're out of time for this live segment, but I would like to talk about the World Health Organization next time and what that really means to us here in the U.S., having uh, an organization overseas making decisions about our health and overriding our own laws, something that you've also brought to light. So I hope you'll accept an invitation to come back and we could talk about that further. Sure. The World Health Organization was involved in developing COVID-19 at the Wuhan BSL-4, where it was a sponsoring institution. So, of course, it's rotten, corrupt, criminal, and despicable. We need to leave the WHO immediately. We've been talking to attorney Dr. Francis Boyle, who wrote the congressional legislation to end gain-to-function research, in other words, weaponizing and supercharging viruses, author of the 1989 Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act, unanimously passed, ratified by Congress, who's been sounding the alarm. And now, of course, it is confirmed by all the media, whether it's mainstream, whether it's blogs, it doesn't matter, everybody. So you heard it here first. You heard confirmation. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. This is Carrie Harrison, Rethinking Heroes, back in a flash. Rethinking Heroes with Kerry Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com Hey travelers, everybody wants cheap airfares, but where can you find them? You call SmartFares. Our prices are direct from the airlines and they're so low they're not published anywhere. SmartFares specializes in cheap flights, discount hotel rooms, cheap car rentals, and great package deals anywhere around the world. Wherever you want to go, SmartFares can help you get there cheaply and with the best price guarantee. If you want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call us right now. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these low rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the lowest rates available. So don't wait. Call SmartFares right now for the best price guaranteed. Save up to 50% off business and first class. We've got great last-minute travel deals, too. Call 855-895-2834. That's 855-895-2834. 855-895-2834. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. You're in charge with the Tax Admiral. Call me now for your free emergency consultation. Call 877-252-5765. That's 877-252-5765. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military, with Carrie Harrison. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. You know, there's an organization in St. Petersburg, Florida called St. Vincent de Paul Cares. What do they do? 
Well, they've actually partnered with hundreds of landlords with the goal of ending housing insecurity, also known as homelessness. Now, how does this affect vets? Well, it's staggering because it's now showing a provable model of success that can be carried forward. St. Vincent de Paul Cares has been moving people into housing at a rate of almost three a day. And according to their CEO, Michael Raposa, the price of ending homelessness is not as much as most people think. We can end it forever for a family of around $5,000. With us now is St. Vincent de Paul Cares' CEO, Michael Raposa. And Michael, welcome to Rethinking Heroes. Well, thank you very much, Carrie, for doing this and, and for your initiative, Rethinking Heroes. It's incredible. Uh, to have a great partner like you that sees through um, the challenges that our military uh, experiences uh, post-discharge. We have people from Los Angeles to wherever involved in this project here, and you're in Tampa Bay, Florida, where people may or may not know that there's a significant problem. We certainly know in L.A. there are, it's estimated, 140,000 homeless people a full 25 to 30 percent are probably veterans. And where you are in the state of Florida, this is actually getting handled. And it's also equally uh, a visible problem, so much so that you're, I think, the top in the nation in doing what you do. So we're up there um, for certain. And, and while the West Coast of the United States has its problems, uh, you know, veteran homelessness or homelessness in general is a nationwide issue. Um, and here in the Tampa Bay area, our organization actually covers the entire uh, west coast of Florida. So all the way down from Ocala, uh, straight down through Naples, including the Orlando metro area. Um, and we have been uh, at, at the forefront of ending veteran homelessness uh, for about 11 years now. Um, in some of the communities where we've served, uh, we've eradicated it 80, 90 percent. Uh, in uh, Pinellas County, which is uh, in the Tampa Bay area, we've reduced it almost 70 percent. And um, the numbers continue to trend uh, in a very, very good direction. Uh, we are also uh, one of the recipients of the Staff Sergeant Parker Gordon Fox Suicide Prevention Grants, which is a brand new initiative that VA is releasing uh, in an effort to develop national strategies to reduce suicide uh, among homeless veterans. Um, and we've seen that number frighteningly uh, inclined as well, uh, the suicide rate among homeless veterans. Michael Raposa with us right now here on Rethinking Heroes. He is with St. Vincent de Paul Cares, which I believe is um, one of the services of the Catholic Church at large, it doing its job to help uh, reduce this problem and make it possible. We're told in many cities across the United States, oh, nothing can be done. Oh, it can't be handled. But your evidence that it can be handled and handled well, is there a secret? So, um, well, first and foremost, we're not directly tied to the Catholic Church. Um, we are a Catholic organization, um, but we were actually formed uh, 190 years ago this year, uh, 1833. Uh, uh, we were formed uh, by a group of college students Catholic college students in their 20s um, studying law at the Sorbonne in, in Paris. And I recently had the opportunity to visit uh, our international office, which is based in Paris. So it's not directly tied uh, to the church. And um, I do think that the secret to our success is the word love. Um, our staff were trained in, in our organization was formed uh 
based on the why, like they were formed with a purpose to end poverty and end homelessness in the mid 1800s in Paris. So this is not a new issue to the planet. Um, and it was formed by a group of folks uh, in their 20s, a group of uh, college students in their 20s, uh, really to make a difference in Paris. And it has grown over the last 190 years into a worldwide effort. Uh, we are uh, among the largest uh, under the, in the SVDP family um, that is really having this impact and certainly um, the largest as it comes to addressing homelessness um, under the Vincentian umbrella. I would think Michael Raposa with St. Vincent de Paul Cares, uh, your giant success. Anyone can Google it and see the impact, the reach, the scope, and the dynamism of your organization. You, of course, being uh, leading this organization, it always rolls downhill from the top. So your ability, capability, and desire to be a loving person, which in my research, uh, I have learned that, uh, that motivates your staff, and so it's actually working. I would think mayors who are listening to Rethinking Heroes around the country are scratching their chin saying, so it is doable. There's a model that works. Michael Raposa, here you are doing this. Uh, Here you are having a strategy, reacting to it as one would prepare for a hurricane, which is very smart because it is, in fact, a hurricane. I guess the question that's interesting is, why veterans who have been sort of ignored for so long? So, the, the, well, the fact of the matter is, since the first term of the Obama administration um, in the early 2000s, uh, early 2010s, um, you know, the VA has really been at the forefront of, of, of ending homelessness across the country for, for about the last 12 years. HUD is actually constantly, when you look at the federal government and you look at the infrastructure of the federal government, The most success has happened with veterans under the VA, more so than any any other cohort um, of homelessness in in the community. Um, A lot of that has to do with the leadership um, within VA homeless. And when a lot of people think VA, they only think of the medical centers, but the VA is actually a conglomeration of a whole series of small um, uh, concerned or, or connected uh, entities, businesses that are almost completely separate, and the med centers are a big piece of it. But the VA homeless initiatives across the country and their homeless program office across the country uh, have really been innovative and has really done an amazing job gathering together all of the federal partners. So that includes uh, the Department of Labor, that includes the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Of course, that includes VA. That includes the United States Interagency Council on Homelessness at the White House. It's a team approach that has come together that is making the reduction of homelessness in our country possible. It is a collaborative effort. It cannot be done by any one of these entities on their own. Uh, Interesting you say that, Michael Raposa. Uh, The recent legislation that now uh, allows the VA to treat uh, veterans who are depressed uh, just by literally walking in, they can actually get treated. Uh, all of this is a response to the work that you've been doing for so many years because people watch and see the success stories, find out what the need uh, needs are and address it. And now the politicians are starting to pay closer attention, which is really valuable, I think, to all the rest of us and to the work you're doing. I kind of believe that, that, that the best answer to this really is at a local level. Um, and, and we can continue to prove that that connectivity at that local level, 
that linking the providers, linking the services, linking local government, li- li- you know, linking interested parties, in, including Rethinking Heroes um, and a lot of the other media providers as well, and this community awareness is critical. We're not going to solve this as social service agencies alone. We're not going to solve this problem as government alone. We're going to have to solve this problem as a united state and a united energy. Um, and this is not the first problem that our nation has had to solve um, of a grand scale. Um, and the good news is we are making progress. Michael Raposa is CEO of St. Vincent de Paul Cares, an organization devoted to housing, feeding, and even finding employment for the homeless. Their success model is now being looked at by cities all across the country. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com Do you own an annuity? Either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-726-2194. 800-726-2194. 800-726-2194. That's 800-726-2194. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day, or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free, and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-628-7226-800-628-7226. That's 800-628-7226. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com Carrie Harrison with you, and this is Rethinking Heroes. Many of us, certainly those who've been in the military, get deployed. They're told one thing. They may be curious about what really happened. And for all Americans who just saw the recent State of the Union address, President Biden said, quote, I've made clear with President Xi that we seek competition, not conflict. Yet, unraveling as we speak our giant expenditures, huge military transfers into the Indo-Pacific area. Uh, in other words, lots of cash being spent to, in fact, 
have conflict, perhaps not competition. To bring that into perspective and help us understand more, or as they would say on TV, Splain Lucy, is Professor David Vine, professor at American University and works with the Overseas Base Realignment and Closure Coalition. Professor Vine's books include Base Nation, How U.S. Military Bases Abroad Harm America and the World, and most recently, The United States of War, A Global History of America's Endless Conflicts from Columbus to the Islamic State. Now, why would I bring on Professor Vine? Obviously, we all know about the great General Smedley Butler back after World War I, a great American hero who was willing to look at things the way they are. And here on Rethinking Heroes, we try to look at things the way they are. So I want to welcome you, Professor David Vine. Well, thank you, Carrie. It's a pleasure to be here. Do call me David, and I'll do my best to explain a thing or two. Thank you so much. So we've had this recent Chinese, the dreaded Chinese balloon. My God, I have not seen the network so excited. I mean, I, I've never, until Michael Jackson's You Know What was shown on TV somewhere in blurred photos, we haven't seen this kind of animation. You would have thought the sky was falling. But I believe it's a pretext to the gigantic amounts of cash now being spent uh, as we move into the Indo-Pacific area with our military. China now has more battleships than the U.S., and it looks like we're switching places while publicly saying no competition, can't we all get along, maybe there's something else afoot. Well, there's a lot more afoot than a a balloon floating over the continental United States, and and really this was a small matter that was blown completely out of proportion by folks on cable news and elsewhere. The much bigger announcement over the last week was the announcement of the deployment of U.S. military personnel to at least four new military bases in the Philippines, in addition to the five military bases where uh, U.S. troops are already deployed, in addition to a much larger buildup of U.S. bases and forces in the East Asian region surrounding Chinese borders. Uh, This has been going on for quite a while. As you said, it is extraordinarily costly. And the Biden administration, sadly, in my view, accelerated the buildup of U.S. military forces in China's backyard. And I, I think actually the the one benefit of the, the balloon floating over the U.S. is that it could perhaps help people in the United States imagine how it might feel if, for example, China were to build a, a single military base anywhere near the United States. We have this balloon that posed no military threat to the United States and people freaking out, it seemed, many of them. Imagine if China announced it was going to build a single military base somewhere in the Caribbean, for example, in the Bahamas or Jamaica, um, somewhere near U.S. borders. That's precisely what the United States has currently, more than 300 bases in East Asia, and just announced that it will build uh, something like four new bases uh, within hundreds of miles of China's borders. Uh, We would imagine that if China were to announce it was going to build a single base near the United States, there would be calls for a massive military reaction. Like in Cuba, for instance, as if they were the Soviet Union in the 1970s and 80s. We would go nuts. We've been through this before. Indeed, the most dangerous moment in the Cold War was when the Soviet Union built a missile base in Cuba, 90-some miles from from Florida. And um, people freaked out, and it brought us closer to nuclear Armageddon than we've ever been. 
we should expect China to react militarily when we further encircle China uh, in its backyard. And that's what makes this development so dangerous and this larger buildup of forces in East Asia so dangerous. Um, this is precisely the wrong direction the Biden administration, uh, from, from what the direction that Biden administration, excuse me, I'm having trouble speaking today. Right, um, you've been watching too much Porky Pig like me. Ah. <laughs> this is um, what I was trying to say is that the Biden administration should be moving in an entirely different direction. That is building up our diplomatic efforts, our efforts at, at negotiation with China, uh, rather than building up our military forces, which are already o- overstretched and, and built up um, vastly more than they need to be in, in East Asia and around the world, for that matter. The U.S. has some 750 military bases outside the 50 states and Washington, D.C. currently, 750. That's about three times the number of embassies. I think the Roman Empire would have appreciated that number. They never quite hit it. Alexander the Great, who conquered most of the known world, never quite hit that. I mean, it, it really is extraordinary. And we forget that this is an empire like no other in the history of all of humankind. Nobody's ever really achieved what we have. And we don't have other people's military bases in the U.S. We don't even have them in our neighboring countries. And if people did start building them, even one, it would be red alert. And so I guess it's understandable putting yourself, as Chief Sitting Bull said, in someone else's moccasins for three weeks, why they might not love the idea of a bunch of new bases and billions and billions suddenly washing over Guam and the Philippines as if it's World War II again. Precisely, precisely. And that's part of why this is so wrongheaded. Uh, This is only going to escalate military tensions in East Asia, military tensions between China and the United States, making it more likely that there might be some sort of military clash or war, accidental or otherwise, and the possibility of of a nuclear war. This is sadly and and really frighteningly becoming increasingly common in in mainstream foreign policy circles in Washington, D.C., the blob that people refer to. People increasingly assume that a, a war between the United States and China is inevitable. And that should be frightening to all of us because the, the fact that some people in this blob can even contemplate a war between the United States and China, and the, that it wouldn't spin out of control and become a nuclear war that could end human civilization, period. That is frightening enough, and we need to be moving in the direction of tamping down tensions and uh, military conflicts with China rather than ramping them up, which is precisely what the Biden administration sadly did by announcing this new deployment of troops to bases in the Philippines. Well, happily, it was only televised across Earth, so hopefully nobody saw it. But they did. Uh, We're talking right now to Professor David Vine. He's a professor at American University, works with the Overseas Base Realignment and Closure Coalition, has written multiple books all about uh, expansion and what it means and what are the effects of having bases here, there and everywhere. So it turns out we forget how many of those actually are. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes. You can learn more at RethinkingHeroes.com. In fact, uh, you can also learn about our guests and be able to follow them and see what they 
they do. Let's end with this idea of nuclear war because uh, it is unthinkable, though none of us listening has ever survived it, so we can't even sort of understand it. Are the Chinese inclined to use nuclear weapons or receive them? Is this part of their culture? I can pretty well assure you that it's not part of anyone's culture. And I I, I think uh, there are dangerous assumptions that some U.S. elites, some U.S. foreign policy elites make about other cultures uh, and including any inevitability of of, of future wars. Um, And this is precisely some of the thinking that we need to break out of. We need to break out of the assumptions that that a war is inevitable, which is fueling this buildup of military forces in in Asia that is only going to inspire the Chinese government to respond in kind, just as we would expect our government to respond if, again, China were to build a single military base near our borders or, uh, again, the, the, the balloon incident shows us the kind of over-the-top reaction that, that one would, would, would find. So this has been very interesting. I want to thank you, David Vine, professor at American University, working with the Overseas Base Realignment and Closure Coalition. Your books include Base Nation, How U.S. Military Bases Abroad Harm America and the World, and most recently, The United States of War, A Global History of America's Endless Conflicts from Columbus to the Islamic State. I do appreciate you coming on Rethinking Heroes. People can go to RethinkingHeroes.com and uh, see more about you, Professor David Vine. Thanks so much, Carrie. Carrie Harris with you. This is Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-461-9694. 800-461-9694. 800-461-9694. That's 800-461-9694.